You can open your Bibles to the Gospel of John and chapter 1. Let's start reading at verse 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shineth in darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. There was a man sent from God, whose name was John. The same came for a witness, to bear witness of the light, that all men through him might believe. He was not that light, but was sent to bear witness of that light, that was the true light, which lighteth every man that cometh into the world. The character I want to, uh, for us to think about this morning is John the Baptist. And I began with uh, the first verses there in John, which tell us... Uh, of the most important character in all of history or that we will ever learn about, the Word, Jesus Christ. But there was a man sent from God who was uh, a forerunner and one to introduce this great great, uh, Jesus, this great Word. And he played a very a very key role in the uh, the coming of the the new dispensation of the gospel and of Jesus' ministry. God designed it so. So we're grateful for the work of John the Baptist. And I notice uh, the way it says it there: there was a man sent from God, and there was a man can be is everybody. There was a man. There was a woman. There was a person. Everybody would fit that. But sent from God is a separate and special people. Sent from God. Isaiah was called and answered, Here am I, send me. The disciples were called and they forsook their nets and they followed Jesus. Moses was called in the Old Testament and he said, the I am sent me. Paul was called and he asked when when Jesus came to him, what must I do? And and uh, the spirit told Ananias that I'm going to tell Paul what he must face. I'm going to send him. And Paul and Barnabas, in our lesson today, a few uh, chapters back, they were sent by the disciples and the Holy Ghost on a, on a mission. Anyone who accepts the call of God is sent by God. He has a purpose, a work, a mission, whether it's at home, in the brotherhood, or in the world. Now here's a sobering thought. Not everybody 
who accepts God's call and is sent fulfills his mission. Some get distracted. Some shirk their duty, their calling, and their work remains unfinished, left for someone else. Or maybe it never gets done. John the Baptist was a sent one. He was sent, uh, the, the prophets spoke of him in Malachi 4, verses 5 and 6. Behold, I will send you Elijah the prophet before the coming of the great and dreadful day of the Lord. And he shall turn the heart of the fathers to the children and the heart of the children to their fathers, lest I come and smite the earth with a curse. The angel spoke to Zacharias about his son and who he would be in Luke chapter 1, beginning at verse 13. But the angel said unto him, that's unto Zacharias, Fear not, Zacharias, for thy prayer is heard, and thy wife Elizabeth shall bear thee a son, and thou shalt call his name John, and thou shalt have joy and gladness, and many shall rejoice at his birth. For he shall be great in the sight of the Lord, and shall drink neither wine nor strong drink, and he shall be filled with the Holy Ghost, even from his mother's womb. And many of the children of Israel shall he turn to the Lord their God, and he shall go before him in the spirit and power of Elias to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. That was the angel making this announcement to Zacharias, echoing what the prophet had said uh, before. Uh, prophet Malachi. And then after he was born, uh, Zacharias prophesied, and he said in Luke 1, And thou, child, shall be called the prophet of the highest, for thou shalt go before the face of the Lord to prepare his ways, to give knowledge of salvation unto his people by the remission of their sins, through the tender mercy of our God, whereby the day spring from on high hath visited us, to give light to them that sit in darkness and in the shadow of death, to guide our feet into the way of peace. These were all prophetic uh, speakings, writings, but uh, and calling, but God who called and sent knew that John would accept this call and would devote himself to it and would be faithful to it. If you'll turn to uh, uh, Luke chapter 7, <clears throat> near the end of John's life, 
Jesus was um, said of him. Beginning at verse 24. I'll read from the New King James here. When the messengers of John had departed, we'll notice this a little later, he began to speak to the multitudes concerning John. What did you see? What did you go out into the wilderness to see? A reed shaken by the wind? But what did you go out to see? A man clothed in soft garments? Indeed, those who are gorgeously apparelled and live in luxury are in king's courts. But what did you go out to see? A prophet? Yes, I say to you, and more than a prophet, this is he of whom it is written, Behold, I send my messenger before your face, who will prepare your way before you. For I say to you, among those born of women, there is not a greater prophet than John the Baptist, but he who is least in the kingdom of God is greater than he. John was at the, at the uh, end of the old dispensation and, and Jesus was saying that Christians in the new dispensation are in a better and greater uh, kingdom than, than the old. But uh, John the Baptist here, he's saying, was the greatest, the last prophet, the greatest prophet, telling of Jesus coming. He was also the closest to Jesus. He met Jesus. He was the forerunner, the one who introduced Jesus to the world. He was not a shaking reed. He was stable and he was constant. He, he, was, uh, he, he knew his calling from very young. And he did not live delicately. He denied himself. His mission was first. We were discussing in, our, in the Sunday school class, uh, Paul and Barnabas and Greg had brought up a point about good days and bad days, which we saw in their, in their ministry there in that chapter. And what was it that kept them stable uh, and, and not... Uh, towed around one way or another by events. And, and I think that, that part of it is the same thing that John felt, was a strong sense of mission, a focus of why they were here and what they were to do. And they didn't let anything else uh, distract them from that. And that was John's ministry and John's calling. Now let's look a little more at, at John's life. We know that he was born six months before Jesus to Zacharias, who we've noticed already, and Elizabeth, his mother. Both of them were of priestly stock. They were righteous people, it says in Luke about them. And they lived in southern Judea, which was a long way from Nazareth where Mary and Joseph lived and where Jesus 
was brought up after he was born. And it says in the first chapter of Luke, uh, in verse 80, that the child grew and waxed strong in spirit and was in the deserts till the day of his showing unto Israel. When he left his parents, we don't know what age. Maybe it was about the age that Jesus began his ministry. We don't know that. But he went into the wilderness. He lived as a Nazarite. Um, Zacharias had prophesied that when he spoke of his son. And he also was filled with the Holy Spirit from his birth. Until the day... And, and he stayed out there in the wilderness till the day of his showing unto, unto Israel. Now how he was shown, we don't know. Uh, we don't know uh, whether he just started speaking to people that came through the area, whether there were villages, communities there, and he began speaking to them. And, and news of his, of his message and the power of his message began to go to other people and attract crowds, but pretty soon it was a, it was a, became a great attraction and many Jews and probably Gentiles too, as, as there were for uh, Paul and Barnabas and the apostles, uh, were attracted to hear what he was saying. And when any great commotion uh, uh, like that began to happen, the Jewish leaders needed to check on it as well to see what was to what was going on. <clears throat> In Matthew, it tells us about his ministry. Uh, let's notice there first uh, 12 verses of Matthew chapter 3. In those days, Matthew 3, John the Baptist came preaching in the wilderness of Judea and saying... Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. For this is he who was spoken of by the prophet Isaiah, saying, the voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make his path straight. Now John himself was clothed in camel's hair with a leather belt around his waist, and his food was locusts and wild honey. And then Jerusalem... All Judea and all the region around the Jordan went out to him and were baptized by him in the Jordan, confessing their sins. But when he saw many of the Pharisees and Sadducees coming to his baptism, he said to them, Brood of vipers, who warned you to flee from the wrath to come? Therefore, bear fruits worthy of repentance. And do not think to say to yourselves, We have Abraham as our father. For I say to you that God is able to raise up children to Abraham from these stones. And even now the axe is laid to the root of the trees. Therefore, every tree which does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance. But he who is coming after me is mightier than I, whose sandals I am not worthy to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. His winnowing fan is in his hand and he will thoroughly clean out his threshing floor and gather his wheat into the barn. 
but he will burn up the chaff with unquenchable fire. He lived a very simple life, raiment of camel's hair, leathern girdle about his loins, and a very simple diet. Food was locusts and wild honey. No extra baggage, no posh ministry headquarters, just very down to the basics and uncluttered pilgrim. <clears throat> Reminding us of the words of Paul to Timothy, Thou therefore endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ, no man that warreth entangleth himself with the affairs of this life, that he may please him who hath chosen him to be a soldier. A very, very focused. And as he preached, he preached a simple and clear message. Repent, prepare. Repent, prepare. And people gathered. There seems to be and there seems to have been an urgency about their gathering. A hunger uh, similar to the way that people came to Jesus uh, later. Here was one who spoke like Jesus did later with authority. He had the anointing and blessing of God on his ministry. His life agreed with his message. And the genuine, a, a genuine person, a genuine Christian uh, speaks with power. John spoke with power. His message was a powerful message. And there were many uh, sincere and accepting and grateful people in those crowds that listened to his message. And it says in Luke, uh, all the people that heard him and the publicans justified God being baptized with the baptism of John. They said, he is right. We can tell he is telling the truth. But there were also critics. The Pharisees and the lawyers rejected the counsel of God against themselves. They refused to be baptized by him to be to accept his message the sincere responded to him what shall we then do and he gave them instructions 
Give to the needy. Be honest, he said to the publicans who often weren't. And even soldiers came and he said, don't hurt anyone. Really putting a really uh, crippling their, their, uh, their ability to do their work. He added to them, be honest, be truthful, and be content with your wages. But John made it clear in his message that there is somebody else coming. Because people were wondering if he was if he was the Christ. But he made it clear that uh, that there was someone else coming. In uh, in Luke three uh, verse verses sixteen, starting in verse sixteen, John answered to those people asking saying to all, I indeed baptize you with water, but one mightier than I is coming, whose sandal strap I am not worthy to loose. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. His winnowing hand is in his hand. His winnowing fan is in his hand. And he will thoroughly clean out his threshing floor and gather the wheat into his barn but the chaff he will burn with unquenchable fire. He made it clear that a more worthy one is coming. His message, his life was pointing to Jesus. That was his mission. And when Jesus came, uh, we read of that well, back in Matthew, <clears throat> Jesus came from Galilee to John at the Jordan to be baptized, and John tried to prevent him, saying, I need to be baptized by you, and are you coming to me? But Jesus answered and said to him, Permit it to be so now, for thus it is fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness, and then he allowed him. And then when he had baptized Jesus, when he had been baptized, Jesus came up immediately from the water, and behold, the heavens were opened to him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting upon him. And suddenly a voice came from heaven saying, This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. I believe that was a, a glorious moment for John. He had been preaching for some time out there in the wilderness, preaching about one who was to come, one that was greater than he, the Messiah. And here he is, standing back and watching Jesus walk away the Son of God leaving the Jordan River, the Spirit of God coming down as a dove, and the Father's voice, this is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. 
And I'm not entirely clear. I don't know just how uh, how much John knew whether Jesus had come, approached uh, the crowd, was standing in the crowd before he asked to be baptized uh, or not. But this was a very clear, he did know uh, before he baptized Jesus because they had that little discussion, would it be proper for me to baptize you? But here was this voice from heaven there is clearly, it was clearly uh, confirmed, this is the Messiah. And in John 1, uh, a couple of verses there, beginning at verse 32, it says, John bare record saying, I saw, I saw the Spirit descending from heaven like a dove, and it, it abode upon him. And I knew him not, but he that sent me to baptize with the water, with water, the same said unto me, Upon whom thou shalt see the Spirit descending and remaining on him, the same is he which baptizeth with the Holy Ghost. And I saw and bear record that this is the Son of God. And it was from the Jordan. Um, that Jesus went into the wilderness to be tempted by devil, the devil. But this was Jesus, the introduction of Jesus to the world. And th this was the message. This is the one. So when the officials from Jerusalem asked John, who are you? John said, John repeated his charge, his mission, that he was just the one to introduce Jesus. And then John's disciples, a couple of John's disciples left to follow Jesus. And in John we read about uh, in John 3 about John's diminishing ministry. John 3, uh, beginning at verse 22. After these things, start at verse 23. Now John also was baptizing in Anon near Salem because there was much water there. And they came and were baptized for John had not been thrown into prison. Excuse me, I'm getting a little, got a little lost here. Then there arose a dispute between some of John's disciples and the Jews about purification. And they came to John and said to him, Rabbi, he who is with you beyond the Jordan to whom you have testified, behold, he is baptizing and all are coming to him. And John answered and said, 
a man can receive nothing unless it has been given to him from heaven. You yourselves bear me witness that I said, I am not the Christ, but I have been sent before him. He who has the bride is the bridegroom, but the friend of the bridegroom who stands and hears him rejoices greatly because of the bridegroom's voice. Therefore, this joy of mine is fulfilled. He must increase, but I must decrease. He who comes from above is above all. He who is of the earth is earthly and speaks of the earth. He who comes from heaven is above all. And what he has seen and heard, that he testifies, and no one receives his testimony. He who has received his testimony has certified that God is true. For he whom God has sent speaks the words of God. For God does not give the Spirit by measure. The Father loves the Son and, and has given all things into his hand. He who believes in the Son has everlasting life, and he who does not believe the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abides on him. <clears throat> he must increase, I must decrease. His role was diminishing. Jesus' ministry was growing. And John was rejoicing. His work was accomplished. Almost accomplished. You know, presidents, presidents uh, often give uh, a lot of thought about their place in history about their legacy and what they'll be remembered for. And they'll think, they think about their library, that they, they'll plan a library that will be sort of a museum of their, of their presidency and their life and their accomplishments and so forth. And most folks wonder, you know, what will I be remembered? Will, they, will I be remembered? Some folks worry about it. I saw an article one time titled, What Kind of People Will Be Remembered for 500 Years? I, I didn't read it. Uh, there are, we read about people in the history books from long, long ago, but there are many people from just a generation back or two in our own families that we we don't remember, don't know. Our concern is not that people remember us, but that God knows us and that God would know us as faithful in what we were sent to do as John was faithful in what he was sent to do. And our concern should be that Christ would be better known by others. Christ would be introduced even as John introduced Jesus. We have a role, a smaller role, a lesser role in introducing Jesus and light 
to those around us, to our families, and helping people know Christ better. Jesus was the center of John's life and John's ministry. And his aim was serving Christ's kingdom. Soon after this, John landed in jail. We're familiar with the story. I will not read the passages, the passage about it, but wicked uh, Herodias, who was Herod's sister-in-law, left her husband, Philip, and married Herod. And John told Herod, that's adultery. That is sin. And that infuriated Herodias, and she wanted to kill him. But Herod just had him in prison. He knew John was a holy man. He guarded John. He enjoyed listening to John, though he was sometimes perplexed, distressed, disturbed by the things that John said. John could have said, could have avoided this just by you know, thinking no pearls before swine for me, I'll not aggravate him. I'll just preach to those who want to hear. No, John spoke to anyone who heard, could hear who was there. He spoke where there was opportunity and there was opposition. John's disciples visit him in prison. They're still loyal to him. They love John. They tell John what Jesus is doing. And that's when John uh, sends two disciples to Jesus and asks, and we don't know why, was he, was he uh, sincerely unsure? Did he just want some further confirmation, final confirmation? Art thou then he that should come? And they brought back a report to John of what they saw. And we know how John died, how there was a birthday party and Herodias' daughter danced and pleased the crowd. And Herod made a foolish, foolish promise and said that he would give her whatever she asked for. And she went and asked her mom, who hated John the Baptist, and she said, let me have, ask for John's head. So John was executed. And the disciples, his followers, heard about it, came and buried him. Herod didn't forget about him. Maybe he didn't sleep well for a while. Later, when he was hearing some of the things that Jesus did, he thought it was John resurrected from the dead. John's ministry, John's influence uh, went on. 
Um, Apollos, who was a mighty uh, teacher, preacher. When he began preaching, he knew only the baptism of John. He needed to be um, Aquila and Priscilla explained to him more fully the gospel and the place uh, and, and the gospel message of, of Jesus Christ. But it says in the scripture that John fulfilled his course. Paul mentioned that when he was preaching in Antioch to the Jews in uh, just uh, last Sunday's message, or Sunday school lesson, I believe. John fulfilled his course. And the course was a like a race. Paul used that term in the King James a couple of times um, that I might finish my course with joy. And when he wrote to Timothy, said, I have finished my course. I have finished the race, the, uh, the mission that I was assigned, the calling that I was given. I have finished. John fulfilled his course. And that's the, uh, that's the, uh, the challenge of his life. The challenge for us, whether we're young, whether we're old, that we are fulfilling the mission, the calling, that we are, that we have been sent upon. And John the Baptist, Jesus, their, their mission, their ministry, their purpose, uh, they never deviated in their life from it. Paul started much later. He didn't, it, can't, it isn't said of Paul that he was filled by the, by the, with the Holy Spirit from his, from his birth. Nor is that the case for any of us. But these words, uh, Jesus, John, special, very special anointings of God. Jesus being God. But all of us, wherever we're at, have a calling and are sent if we have responded to that call. And the uh, sobering thought, again, not everybody who accepts God's call and is sent fulfills his mission. Some get distracted. Some get uh, disoriented, lose their way. Some shirk. And work remains unfinished left for someone else or maybe never done. But by God's grace, we can be faithful as John and fulfill our course. May God bless us. Let's have a closing song.